Harness all your power. What if you could harness all your power every day for good? Would you be able to make the world a better place? Would you bring more peace to the process of life for all? I certainly hope so. Today, this is our topic, and I'm excited to share our group exploration into how we can harness all our power individually. I am Matthew and Sira, your host, and this is the Higher Purpose Healing Podcast. Today, we are recording with Dr. Lisa and a group of meditators in New Orleans. Disclaimer, nothing in this podcast is medical advice or indicates a doctor-patient or therapist-client relationship. All sharing is personal and meant to offer different perspectives and possible solutions. Thank you for being here. Please enjoy. All right. Bueno, good morning, bon dia, gente, por gentileza. We're here to relax and enjoy expressing, experiencing, and harnessing what? Power. Our power. What does power mean and how can we use it? So first we have to define that. Let's start this awesome session by going around, introduce yourself, and share what you think power means to you. Um, my name is Marcella, and power means um, connecting to the self and using that to share yourself with others in the world and to live your purpose using that energy. Okay. Okay, I'm Marcia, and um, I think power uh, to me means... Um, feeling good about myself and communicating that. My name is Hannah. I think power means uh, being confident and comfortable in one's skin. My name is Lindsay. I think power is being authentic and living your real life. My name is Celia and I think power means freedom. So my name's Lisa, and historically, power to me was not a good connotation. I had more of a negative connotation. I would associate power with dictatorships or people that, had, that were greed. So I'm in the process of redefining my definition of power and what it means um, in a positive context. Beautiful. So now that we've each shared what we feel power is, the next question is, how do we achieve that power? What have you done in your life where you've thought about, wow, I felt powerful from having done that? Or when I do these things or this thing, it helps me understand or achieve or connect to my power. <clears throat> So you want me to talk about what exactly? What? How do we achieve power? Well, you have to remove blockages to power because there are leaks. Um, but I would say living your truth is the most powerful thing. Living your purpose, and that's when you feel power. So then the question underlying that would be, how do you do that? 
Um, how do you identify what your purpose is or how do you identify what your truth is knowing that those two will change over time potentially you center yourself and connect to yourself and live live authentically and you can feel it when you are living your purpose very nice wow <clears throat> and this can also allude to any, any example you might have had if you can recall something specifically. Just I think being able to communicate, um, you know, uh, to have integrity and to be able to communicate and stand in, in that and communicate that to others. Um, you know, uh, gosh, um, Also, you know, doing, um, I mean, over the course of my life, I've, I've worked on myself periodically, you know, as I go through, as I went through stages and life circumstances, you know, but um, uh, just having uh, insight, sitting with yourself and, you know, getting insight into what you're about and how you communicate with others. When you did the work you did helping the folks that you helped. Yes, I learned a lot. In what context of that service did you feel powerful? Oh, um, well, I listened and, and, and also I educated, uh, gave them information shared information with them and, and allowed people and treated them like I would want to be treated. Beautiful. And they were able to, you know, take that and some some were able to do that, take you know, listen and, and receive it. You know, others weren't, but you know, it really felt powerful when you could see changes in other people. feel power uh, when I'm feeling healthy and uh, after I do something very challenging and maybe scary and I overcome fear I feel powerful like rock climbing yeah. um, and when I am able to be there for a person Maybe they aren't powerful in that moment, and I can stand for them. That feels good to be able to help someone. Perfect. <laughs> um, I feel powerful when I do things that don't really make any sense at the time. So when I graduated college, I instead of getting a job, I decided to just move to Thailand because why not and uh and it was it was empowering it was great and you know everyone friends and family were telling me i was crazy it was during sars and i felt powerful doing that because i felt within myself that that was what i needed to happen and there's been you know examples like that along my life um after Thailand, I again was supposed to move back and get this career and instead I went and worked on a ranch 
And that ranch is the led me to the perfect career that I still have followed in in this path. So I think I feel power when I listen to myself and not what I feel I'm supposed to do. That's uh, empowering. Oh, that's a big one. Thank yeah. you. That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, thanks. Following what she said, but for me, power is self-awareness. Like know yourself and where you stand. And when I feel power, usually I'm still in the process to do that. I'm, I'm trying to connect more with nature, so I kind of feel more okay, I'm powerful now. <laughs> Indeed. On a daily basis, I feel powerful when. The kids have all, all of them have their emotional roller coasters when I can stand in myself and not be affected by their ups and downs and then be able to communicate what I need to happen or what I need to, to get done. I feel powerful. Beautiful. So a long time ago I heard this and once I heard it I started to apply it all the time. And in life when you have decisions to make. Usually that decision is going to either be a very easy decision or it's going to be a very hard decision. And oftentimes when you make an easy decision, later on you tend to have a harder life. And in that cross in the road or that fork in the road, when you make the hard decision that doesn't necessarily seem in the moment like that's going to be something that's smooth necessarily for you. But you make the hard decision, later on your life becomes easier. And I think it really goes a little bit with how Lindsay made her decisions in following her gut and what you wanted to do despite what the rest of the people around you were saying. Because for you, that was a hard decision because that decision came with a lot of resistance from the outside. Mm -hmm. However, from the inside, it was a pure directive. It was an intuitive-driven, heartfelt knowing that gave you to this day, as you stated, mm -hmm. what you're doing, where you're happy. Mm -hmm. And a big congratulations to you because you shared earlier that you bought your first house. Yes, thank you. So that's awesome. <laughs> so good things. So, so that's really a lot of times when we talk about power. David Hawkins is an MD who wrote the book Force versus power. He also wrote a book that Marcia gave us, ironically called Letting Go. Both of these books are amazing and highly recommend that people check them out. When we talk about consciousness, this is something that exists everywhere with everyone. So you could say that this is something like the infinite library of information. Okay? I like to say that consciousness is like water. The one thing both in meditation and in life that is required in order to grow on any level, in order to expand, improve, alter the direction you're taking or change your communication with other people where it's not working, is awareness. Awareness has to be the star on top of the tree for me. And if consciousness is water, then awareness is the cup that holds it. 
Because all the information in the world, all the books that you've read, all the knowledge that you may have gained, all the experience that you have is virtually purposeless if you don't have the awareness in which to give it context. And so we go back to the basics of how do we generate our awareness if awareness is where you can have your power. Those decisions where you're not aware that had you made it this one, which is the hindsight's 2020, would have changed the course of your life. There must have been a reason at that particular time it happened the way it did, because there was a lesson that was not yet learned. And the lessons come because we have not chosen to bloom in our awareness. We're always going to get watered. We're always going to get trimmed. We're always going to get some sun. And sometimes we're going to have to grow through the dark as with a plant or a tree. And at some point when we start growing in the right direction, because we have the awareness that that's where that light is, you know, they always use the analogy and the light at the end of the tunnel. Well, those are dark times. And then the plant in the forest trying to find its way up through all the other plants or trees. It's the same thing. And so in society, we have a lot of challenge because society is not necessarily collectively driven towards everyone finding the light. And so it's a very rare individual who will decide, I want to be enlightened. Or they perhaps stumble on or by some other means experience a form of enlightenment and it's too intense or they're going to settle for that which none of these things are right or wrong they just are and so the consciousness is something that we all have access to everyone in this room is equally as smart if they open themselves up to receive that knowledge and information the question is how much awareness can you apply to the day-to-day, moment-to-moment situations where the universe is constantly communicating with you for you to receive that message? And it's intense. I mean, we're not camping and we're not intense, but it's intense. And if we were intense camping, we would be close to the nature and our awareness would be heightened altogether because we would be connected to that which we come from or that which we live on, however you wish to see it. So, to build awareness, we have to develop a sense of concentration. I think it was about, what, six years ago at Becky Lloyd's studio where I was starting to teach the meditation there mm-hmm. here in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And I started with this very basic exercise. And this very basic exercise has served me tremendously. And <clears throat> it involves the candle. And it can involve anything you want it to involve. However, the candle is representative of where we come from in our DNA, using fire to be safe, to be warm, to eat, to light our way. And the light alone is representative of that which we seek which is to be able to see clearly. So one match can ignite the room. 
but that match will burn out. But when internally you're able to generate that light long enough and consistently enough, that light will become brighter and it will not go out. And then you will illuminate those around you. So the awareness exercise involves very simply taking a posture where your hands and feet are in an open position, your toes are towed in a little bit, and your knees are a little bit in, not leaning out, and your hands can be in any position that you like them to be. What I always suggest is that from another layer of awareness, whatever you choose to do in your hand position, maintain it. So if during the exercise you have any inclination to move, you just are aware of that, your fingers or you have an itch or whatnot. And if you need to itch, you itch. You just know I itched and I'm aware of it, okay? From this position, we're simply going to stare at the candle with the intention of not breaking contact visually with that light. Of course, you will blink because it's necessary. However, I think we mentioned in another podcast that the longer you stare at the candle without blinking, should you tear up, it actually helps heal your eyes. So we're just gonna do this for a few minutes. And I want you to, before we begin, check in with your energy. Feel how you feel on the inside. Feel how you feel in the energy around you. Feel how your head feels right now. Check in with your breathing. And now let's begin.
So let's all take a deep breath. Exhale. I want you to check in with your energy inside and out and your breathing. Okay. So let's go around and share anything that you might have become aware of through this very short practice with the candle. Um, it definitely helps to be present in awareness to have a practice like this. So I think that um, I think that being present ha um, is required to fully embrace your power as well. So I think it's really good. Well, um, first thing I noticed was how stuffed up my nose was. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't breathe in for my nose. But at the end, you know, I was able to at least inhale through my nose. <laughs> and um, I noticed myself that I was tense. You know, and I just started to relax. I was able to start relaxing my elbows and just kind of, you know, relax. Um, felt a uh, calmness. Uh, my vision, though, went kind of uh, like hazy, like a, a white haze was kind of surrounding the candle. I mean, the candle was bright things became like a white haze around it. And I just um, felt relaxed. I was gonna say the same thing. Um, the candle was there, but everything else was out of focus. Yeah. So, um, which kind of made it easier to really focus on the candle too. So I think that this was easier than just regular meditation for me. Mm -hmm. yeah. I can't. I can't focus at the candle for too long. Okay, my body is relaxed, and then something happened. I'm like, oh, I'm thinking about the thing that happened, and then I think about something else, and I'm like, okay, the candle, the candle. <laughs> <laughs> and when I, sometimes okay, I have a glimpse of focus, and, and when I do that, I feel good. Like my whole body feels good. But one thing that okay, I, I saw the hazel and everything. One thing that I felt that was different, like I felt myself moving back words and the candle moving forward uh, so that was the thing and the thing too okay the candle was there and that thing kind of uh, that's that's how I felt like kind of moved a little bit and then I think about the moving and then everything goes back okay <laughs> <laughs> we love you so much. <laughs> love you guys too <laughs> so for me um I also see the, the haziness, but it's almost, it's a 3D illusion of like everybody being outlined and it's um, like a hologram almost. It looks like everybody's like holograms, um, which is really cool. And then my eyes started to get really um, heavy and burning and then watering. And so then I wasn't focusing on my candle anymore. I was focusing on my eyes. And so then I had to go back to focusing on the candle. Okay, so this is beautiful feedback. So for, for everybody to know this, everybody out there, especially what we talked about, this being easier than meditation. For me, this is a beautiful foundational practice to support getting into a deeper level of meditation. A lot of folks that sit down to meditate have one of two experiences. 
One is that they find it incredibly difficult and they give up. Or they think that they're going into deep meditation and they're just relaxing without actually having the meditative experience. Now, I will qualify that by saying that anything that's relaxing is beneficial to the body and we want that, right? And to go into a deep meditation, it's gonna be different for everybody. And different experiences are gonna afford people different benefits. Meditation is a very broad, semi-nebulous word. However, it gets us out of our body, gets us out of our mind. Ultimately, we want to have a still mind that's pure so that we can have that consciousness enter us. And as we're aware of it, we have this job of not attaching to it or judging it, and we can get a lot of value out of that experience. So the candle meditation is a great way to begin a practice, and it's a great way to set you up to getting into another either Qigong practice or another form of meditation practice, okay? So <clears throat> let's do one more practice for folks that wanna try something different. And I wanna qualify that anytime anybody's listening to these sessions and you're driving, of course you don't wanna to try to meditate while you're driving. So it would be a great time for you to let your mind process and experience a sense of relaxation or think about what was shared previously in order that that can seed inside of your mind. When I first started learning how to meditate, a friend of mine, Randy, had me sit at the edge of a chair and do my best to maintain this posture here. So I'm gonna encourage everybody to join me in that. When you learn a, a Qigong, a seated Qigong practice, there is reasoning for sitting at the edge of your chair. It's the least invasive for your meridians, flowing up your back, your bladder meridian especially. And also maintaining this posture, just like your chakras and like a tree would grow straight, ideally to the light at some point, once it has that pathway free to do so, allows for your chakras to align. The methodology that we used was a counting methodology. And it gave you something to concentrate on. So when you look at the candle, as Celia mentioned, your mind can do all kinds of stuff because it's going to, it's, it's, it's full. And the job of these exercises are to allow all the moving parts to settle, just like in a fish tank that was disturbed and everything floated everywhere, or one of those little Christmas things you shake up and the glitter goes everywhere. <clears throat> It takes time for that to calm. What do you call those things? Snow globe. Thank you. Okay, snow globes. So the way this counting exercise works is every time that you inhale, you're going to count the number one. And every time you exhale, you're going to count the number one. And on your second inhale, you're going to count the number two. And then you're going to exhale and you're going to count the number two. You're gonna inhale again. You can do this as I'm, I'm going through it. You count the number three in your mind, and then you exhale, you count the number three. You inhale, and everyone's inhale will be different lengths. Four, exhale, four. And then we'll inhale again, counting the number five. And then you'll exhale, 
counting the number five. At this point, we're going to begin again at number one. So we're going to inhale one, exhale one, inhale two, try to slow your breathing, exhale two, inhale three, exhale three, inhale four, Exhale, relax your body, four, inhale, five, exhale, relax your body, five, inhale, six, exhale, six, we're going to begin again at one, inhale, one, Exhale, one. Inhale, two. Exhale, two. Inhale, three. Exhale, three. Inhale, four. Relax. Exhale. resistance. Inhale, six. Exhale, six. Inhale, seven. Exhale, seven. Inhale, eight. Exhale, See the number one. Exhale. See the number one. Inhale. See the number two. Exhale. See the number two. Inhale. Three. Exhale. Relax. See the number three. Inhale. Four, exhale, four, 
see the number five on the exhale. Inhale, six. Exhale, six. Inhale, see the number seven and pause. Exhale, see the number seven. Inhale, eight. Relax, exhale, eight. Inhale, see the number nine. Exhale, see the number nine and pause. Inhale, number one. Exhale, number one. Inhale, visualizing the number two. Relax, exhale, the number two. Inhale, three. Exhale, three. Inhale, four. Exhale, four. Inhale, five. Exhale, five. Inhale, six, relax, exhale, relax, six. Inhale, seven, exhale, seven. Inhale, eight, exhale. your mind be still. Notice how relaxed or challenging your posture is. Notice how calm your mind is or what it's doing. Notice your energy. Notice the expansion of energy from the people around you. 
Notice how easy it is to sit in this posture. Deep breath in. Exhale. Okay. So you can open your eyes when you're ready. Sometimes when we go into these exercises, you may not want to come out of them right away, which is understood. <clears throat> you can imagine that that counting methodology, if you were to do it on your own without someone counting for you, would be completely different. And there would be other experiences of keeping track or being aware and being concentrated that apply. That practice is a very powerful, powerful practice. For the first three weeks of my doing that practice with my friend next to me, we used a stick of incense and he was trained to know when the incense had concluded because that would conclude the practice. So it had a time frame on it. What we just did was end at 10. Sometimes we would go to 15 or 20. And then the meditation practice would begin. So for the first three weeks, I fell asleep. <laughs> I don't even know if I made it to 10. I was overworked, I was exhausted, and I needed the sleep. So a lot of times when somebody practices any particular methodology of meditation and they fall asleep, I really hope they recognize that it is not a failure. Contrary to that, it is a gift. And the gift is that they have the awareness enough to know that they need the practice. The secondary gift is that through the practice, it affords them enough relaxation, which is why that is such a value in any type of a meditation, that it allows their body to settle enough to go to sleep, which is a great indicator for folks who can't sleep to do before they go to bed. Once that was accomplished where I could stay awake, then I noticed that my body ached. Because to hold the posture that a child with their erector is very naturally engaged as an adult doesn't use as often is a retraining of the mind-body connection in order to maintain that posture. And without the energy to support the posture effortlessly, which if you're tired to begin with, lets you know that your energy is waning, that was the secondary step for me to develop. After that, then it became the concentration. After that, then I began to meditate. And this was a period of time before that was accomplished. And mind you, this was a foundational practice that served for everything that came after it. So that was a gift that was shared with me and I'm sharing it now with you. So I'd like to go around and I'd like to ask a couple specific questions. One is, is that when we concluded counting to 10, how was your mind? So let's go this way. Very relaxed, sort of like blank. I didn't have anything in my mind. Mind you. 
Wow. <laughs> yes. yes. And I did the first cup of counting with the eyes open, looking at the candle. I don't know why I did not close my eyes. I want to close it, but I did not close it. And then after that, I closed my eyes and then I felt more calm. Good. I like that. I think I'm going to do that. Because I can feel the difference. I cannot do the candle. It, I don't know. Yes, I can do, but it doesn't work well to, for me. But this one, mm -hmm. I think it feels more calming. You. When you go inside, you can experience a deeper state, mm -hmm. which is why we close our eyes when we sleep, most mm -hmm. people. And when you do the external, it is, these are very representative of dealing with ourselves and dealing with the outer world. And if we are not comfortable dealing with ourselves, the outer world will seem much more chaotic. And so the second practice today is a beautiful one to support not only the mind being clear, but preparing you to handle more. It's a little more disciplined than just staring at the candle. However, with great discipline comes great results. I feel like I give my mind something to think about and it's not all the thinking that goes around, it's the number. So it's more like, a, I don't know, and it, it's slowed down, it's like a one. And I have something to think about, the one. <laughs> Yeah, so also really a lot of just calmness. But I think what really calmed me was hearing your voice and just that steadiness. And so I wonder if I would get that on my own if it were just me. I don't know. That will be the challenge mm -hmm. for you to experiment with. And what I would say is, is similar to falling asleep and thinking that you failed at the practice. For you to sit and do this on your own and count, I would give yourself a minimum amount of times that you do it. Mm -hmm. And I might consider counting to six or seven or eight, mm. you know, trying to make it to 10. And then, and there, I know more or less the different scenarios that you would encounter in that process. Mm -hmm. And why? Because I had to do it myself. And so, but that's for you to discover. Right. And I would say I'd do it every day for, you know, a month. Okay. And see where you're at at the end of the month. Mm -hmm. And then you'll own that experience, which is where the value comes from. Mm -hmm. And it will be different. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And when you do it yourself, are you counting out loud or are you doing it internally? You can do either one. However, it would be encouraged to do it internally. However, I would experiment with both and see if you graduate from one to the other or where you get your results. And here, this is a beautiful question because there there is, there are no rules and there is no right or wrong. And everyone individually is going to get something from their experience. And what we're really driving for is your awareness. So if you were to do it out loud and then do it inside, you would develop through your awareness of the differences, what really resonates with you and why. And it'll be part of the foundation that you build for you. And then you have something to share with other people who might struggle in that area and you can afford them, hey, listen, this is what I did. And that's how we all get along. That's how we all move along is through helping each other like that. So I'd love to hear from what you do, what comes out of it. Okay. Um, just now experiencing with you reading the numbers out loud, I felt calm. And then when it got to like round seven, uh, my mind just kept on talking <laughs> and it was uh, 
hard for me to uh, stay calm. I mean, I felt calm, but I also at the same time could feel different parts of my body feeling like tense. And, uh, and then just, I guess, uh, like some fear came up of like fear of if I'm doing this wrong. And, uh, and so I kept on thinking about if I was doing it right or not. And, um, yeah, so this one was, the first one was, uh, more calming for me or relaxing, looking at the candle. Was, uh, it was still very calming. Almost fell asleep, <laughs> but you know I didn't. You know, but it was very relaxing, and my mind was like you said, blank. And I also felt like strong energy in my crown chakra. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which was you know yeah, kind of surprised me. Um, it was very relaxing and it did, I tend to have a lot of mind chatter and when we stopped, my mind was blank and then I didn't fall asleep, but I think I entered a delta state, mm -hmm. which I'm having trouble coming out of. <laughs> so, very relaxing, yes. So I think the... One of the most beautiful things from this practice that I think everybody tapped into is that you experienced a state of a blank mind. Mm -hmm. And can I tell you that that is probably a meditator's highest achievement. And the biggest goal is to elongate that time frame and to experience it more and more often where you just become a clear channel. And in that clear channel, you get directives like Lindsay got to follow her own direction and do the things that she needed to do for her life so that things would open up naturally instead of following the common path. And so that clear mind is where your awareness of the fact that you're open is, I feel, one of the next major stages and steps to being able to connect. Mm -hmm. Do you have anything to add? Um, I guess just going back to that, the book, The Power Versus Force, and in that, um, and we talked about this a little bit when I met with some of you guys, when, when you don't have a blank mind or a clear mind, it's hard to feel what the answer is and to have the awareness in your body of knowing what is right because the thinking mind overrides your feeling. And so you're not able to access the power of the consciousness um, because your thinking mind overrides. So these practices are a good way to calm that thinking mind so you can feel your intuition and feel what is right. Um, and that just takes, so it takes a lot of practice. And just like a muscle when you're working out, it takes practice, so you're, you're practicing this. And then it extends to not just a sitting practice to an encounter with another person. When you're driving when you're working with your coworkers, and so that meditation and that awareness extends out to to everything that you do um, and then that way in all of those moments when you're faced with challenges 
You can stand in yourself. You can quiet your thinking mind and feel and then know the right thing to do. That's that. <clears throat> Does anybody else have a question or anything they want to add before we move on? Well, yeah, I've been doing, you know, the candle practice that I learned from you, and it's helped me tremendously. I mean, you know, I no longer have road, road, road rage. <laughs> you know, I just go, I'm dropping down, there, oh, let them fly ahead, let them go, you know. <laughs> and, you know, I don't care, you know, I'm just doing my thing. <laughs> so, you know, it really helps. It so, really helps. So that's a good segue. So what you just described, uh-huh. I feel, is a state of surrender. You surrender to... The external environment's chaos. You surrender to any resistance to what you're encountering. And the awareness of the moment that you feel the pull from these circumstances allows you to have a choice. And here's where awareness is so valuable. Is when you're unaware, you're reactive. Yeah. Or you just put your head in the sand and pretend it didn't happen. Or you sweep it under the rug. Or you're in full denial. Right? And so when you're reactive, there's anger, there's all kind of emotions that come with it, and then it just escalates the scenario internally, and it gets you in your thinking mind, and it takes you further and further and further away from how you really feel. Not the emotional response, however, the depths of you. And so surrender is a practice. You know, in war, if you surrender, you have a chance to fight again. Although the context of the word fight is not necessarily in alignment with what we're trying to communicate here, the principle of it still applies. And so if I surrender today to this situation, the likelihood that I will tomorrow be able to communicate that to my partner or my friend or family member or coworker or whoever it is in a way where they can receive it better because I've processed it and I've washed it and I've looked at it, I've dissected it, I've thought about it, I've felt it, I've allowed myself to consider, you know, this really has to do with this experience I had 15 years ago, and I'm just, this is just a surface version of it that's really kind of Morse coding and triggering me into this deep pain that I never resolved. And so, instead of blowing this thing up where this person will never know what's really going on with me because I don't, And then I create a new problem with this person. So it's like another layer on the cake, you know? And this cake is not made of stuff that tastes good that you want to enjoy each layer of, by the way. It's the opposite. You get stuck on the outside. You get stuck on the outside of your entry into the relationship. And more to it, you're stuck so deep inside of you that the polarity is worlds apart. And those are the two spaces that have to be resolved at the same time, but they can only be resolved from the inside first. So the awareness that you're upset, the awareness that something is shifting you off your base, shifting you from that state of calm, that clarity, that drive, the focus, in that moment, that awareness that you build allows you to choose surrender. And surrender is powerful. And surrendering to your power. So if you want to harness all of your power, 
then you have to stay within yourself to understand what moves around you. You know, the control tower at the airport, what that thing was it called? The, the traffic control tower? Yeah, traffic control tower. Traffic control tower. It doesn't move. It just tells everybody where to go and when to go, right? It's not like it's like, hold on, we got a plane on the north runway, let's pick this thing up, and it doesn't work like that. And so you have to become your own control, traffic control tower, right? Because there's so much traffic, and you're not gonna control it by running around and being like, stop here and go there, that the people are gonna do their thing. However, when we talk about consciousness, and since we're all affected by consciousness, some of us, most of us operate in a subconscious pattern or an instinctual pattern, which is body-driven and animal instinct-driven. That when an individual is cultivated and they harness the power internally through their thought and clarity, like ripples in the water, it reaches everything around them. And sometimes the thought alone with no external words being used gets the same job done. Which is why you can complete another person's thoughts or you both decide to do something at the same time. Or all of a sudden you have this need to go give somebody a hug or you feel someone's pain or discomfort or whatever the case. This morning, can I add something? We were getting Bear to say hard words because it's really cute when he says them. And so in my mind, I thought of supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, but I didn't say because I was like, that's going to be too hard. Literally 30 seconds or a minute later, Matthew said a version of that for him to say. And so it's beautiful when that happens when your thought of what you're thinking or feeling and then the world around you manifests that, you realize you have power. Yeah. And this is, the harnessing of power is not, is different from the use of power. Because if you're able to surrender and be fully aware and harness that inside of you, there's no even reason to exert power because your very presence is powerful enough. And people want to do the right thing around people who are powerful and set that example. Because we all aspire to be better on some deep level. It's not always easy. However, on a deeper level, we all want more. We want to be better. We want to grow. We want to connect. We want to understand. We seek knowledge. Don't get it wrong. Evil does exist. And what evil is representative of is a low level of consciousness. Now, I wish I had brought this book for us to really kind of delve into it. However, I highly recommend people look it up, Power Versus Force. And in this book, he has a chart and it's a chart based on the frequency or vibration of the person's consciousness. Mm -hmm. And it starts at a very low level of like 20, mm -hmm. but it goes up to a thousand. And so the interesting part about this is, 
So like Buddha, Jesus, were all, would all be a thousand. They're enlightened beings. But the general, like the average um, number of what people's vibration are is like 220 or something like that. And it's like at the level of fear and anger and guilt. Um, it's not until about 400 or maybe a little bit, well, 500 you get to love. But before you even get to the vibration of love, you have to pass through courage. And courage is the tipping point. I think courage may be 300 or 250. I don't remember exactly. But courage is the tipping point of like leaving a low-level vibration and entering a high-level vibration. And the more you cultivate yourself, you surround yourself with like-minded people, which is so important for Matthew and I to build a community because you surround yourself with what you become. And so as you increase your vibration and you work through surrender, and a good way to do it is through surrender, um, then you can reach these higher levels of vibration. And you're thinking to yourself, well, why does that matter? Like, what does it mean? It matters for your body because the lower level vibration keeps you stuck in illness and sickness and disease and hate and just in a miserable sort of existence in, in, in my mind. That's right. And this tipping point, there's a there's one just before that, and it's willingness. And, you know, when people come to get body work done, and I put it on the website that, you know, if you have an open mind, at least a little bit, we can do a lot. But if the person or any energy worker or any service provider knows this, that if the person's not open in their mind, you're gonna get so far. And more so if you express an experience to them that blasts them open and they feel amazing, but then they go out there and they don't change some aspect of their thinking or lifestyle which go hand in hand, inevitably they can close back up and revert back to that same state of illness or that same state of pain. And so the willingness is the first step. And once the person has that accomplished, they can start to move forward and upward rather and expanding in that frequency of consciousness. And so it's very important that in your dialogue with anyone, <clears throat> and particularly if there is a history of conflict or if there is an impasse in ability to hear each other, prior to engaging in a topic of conversation, a great question, a leading question to qualify whether you should even pursue this is, are you open to talking about this? Because if they're not, don't waste your breath or time. Go meditate. Harness your power. Increase your conscious connection. You are the glass. Consciousness is the water. You are 70% or so water inside your vehicle, your vessel, your glass, your body. That's exactly what you are. And so when you develop that glass to be stable and not shatter it one thing you hear or see, then you're able to really deal with all of the knowledge inside of you already and then connect it to access more. And through that, you can project your power by just speaking to yourself and praying or communicating with that other person because you're gonna to talk to their subconscious. Mm -hmm. 
and you're going to enter that consciousness that runs through them. We did this interesting thing. I, I believe you were in the car with me a long time ago. We were at the corner of, of Pretend there coming down Amelia and I was on the other side and this lady had gone down the wrong way of the one way street and she was facing me. And uh, I said, she's, I knew she was going to do it. And I said, she's going to go before I go. And so I purposely waited. And even though there were cars, she still went, you know, and uh, I didn't go because then it would have created an accident. And so my consciousness, my awareness at that time was at least available to serve that purpose. Mm -hmm. So it was not about she was right or wrong. It was about I was able to tap into something, be aware of it and surrender. So I wasn't upset with her. You know, I would have been really upset if I decided to play self-policeman and then like, you know, force the issue and then there was a wreck and all these other things happened. That's that wasn't really going to help anyone. And I think that's probably another really big point. So, so and I want to make another point too that we're in a really great um, time right now because there's all of these people that are talking about consciousness and what it means. And like Deepak Chopra wrote a new book called Metahuman. And it's all basically, everybody says it in a different way using their own language. However, what it means is that there's this consciousness that Matthew's talking about, and we all have access to it. And these people that are savants that have all this information and know everything, it's just that they've been able to tap into that consciousness. We all have access to so much information. We use a little tiny part of our brain, and our brain can can use so much more. So it's very exciting to me that um, all of us have the ability to know anything that we want to know and do anything that we want to do. So the question is, is why don't we all do it, right? And it's these practices. It's the awareness. It's quieting the mind. It's allowing that consciousness to come in. And so a child is, is able to do that. Bear is able to do that. That's why he's learning so much because he can just like know it. He's like, bring it on. Because um, there's no blocks yet. And hopefully there won't be any blocks. Um, so, what? Can I touch on that yeah. real quick? So she brings up something really valuable with our, with our two-year-old and it's that he doesn't have any real blocks right now. And the blocks would come from our blocks. And so we realized that. Yeah. And it's really vital for us as parents to be aware of how we communicate, how he is able to express his power, which is really a, another level of what Lisa's going to do a, a parenting workshop on in a couple weeks about allowing the child to express and sit in their power, which is what we're talking about harnessing as individuals, as adults. And so can you imagine a generation of kids who come up with this ability to know their power from the beginning and then be these open humans of love with infinite knowledge that can serve our planet. I mean, every generation that's young wants to change the planet and some of them get very upset with the elder generations because they you know, left them with this mess and this thing and so forth and so on. And in the Indian tradition, uh, we talk about we're doing what we're doing to take care of our grandchildren's grandchildren, not just leaving the next generation a mess. We've exceeded that mess to whereas it's 
in everyone's faces in a very serious way. And so we don't need to focus on it. We need to find and activate solutions for it. And part of that is spreading this awareness and consciousness and our ability to let every human that's willing experience that opportunity. So does anybody have any questions or anything to add? Okay. So let's do a meditation where I'd like to reach out through this meditation into the consciousness of everybody on this planet, starting with this room and with our conscious connection. <clears throat> and through that conscious connection, when I feel it has permeated each of us, then we'll slowly expand it and expand it until we have that wave rippling everywhere. Okay? So let's take a position you're comfortable in. And everybody close your eyes. I want you to breathe with all the skin of your body. I'm going to ask you to do the exercise we just did up to the number three with the breathing and the counting by yourself. Now I'm going to ask you to allow your mind to relax and I'm going to ask you to imagine that your head, your skull, has all of these little jigsaw pieces that connect together like a puzzle, start to become loose and move around and slowly dismantle into individual pieces that expand further and further away from your being. Allow anything that your mind might experience or see without judgment or attachment and feel the freedom and openness of your crown. this all move in a clockwise motion, connecting and swirling together into the infinite of the universe. With grace, we ask that this knowledge, as each of us need it, be bestowed upon us and shared amongst us. And you can feel this filter down through your body. Feel the relaxation settle into your physical self. Feel your throat open and expand. And feel that energy pour into your heart. 
Feel it fill you like water in a glass. And then imagine if you were to take your physical heart out and drop it in that glass and feel the ripple effect move everywhere beyond you. This energy filling this room, being shared by everyone here. And as the energy becomes more dense and intense and felt, this energy allow it to expand into this neighborhood. Allow it to expand into 20 neighborhoods further away in all directions. Allow the energy to further expand throughout New Orleans and all of the suburbs in all directions. Finally, allow this energy to expand through all the neighboring states. Allow this energy to expand throughout the entire United States. to reach the world, allow this energy to enter into all bodies of water surrounding us, all pipes, all houses, all clouds, and allow that to move fluidly throughout the whole world. Let those leaders and decision makers, those who provide us food and medicine, drink from this water and receive a higher state of consciousness that comes with a responsibility to make the right decisions and to choose human life over money, to choose progress over pain, to choose a path for their individuals that require a higher vibration of consciousness. Take now this cup inside of you and drink from it and allow your mind to be enlightened. Ask 
with grace for the decisions that you choose to make to be ones that are of service for more than just yourself. Tap into the sense of peace that you would have the world know. alchemy that can occur inside your body and mind is the alchemy that connects to the consciousness of humankind. Human kind. To be kind is to reach into the depths of what it means to be human humane. Each generation experiences a different education. Each culture comes from a different breeding and education. The individual must educate themselves from the inside out, independent of any school for knowledge is infinite and found from within. And I encourage each of us here and all people to enroll in the school of the self. You have a library there with dust on it. You have to trust in it, if you're so willing. Surrender to the idea. Surrendering doesn't mean that you have to do anything. What it does afford you is a chance to review it properly, without pressure. experience and feel what is there, which may or may not be comfortable. However, you avoid the uncomfortable outlashes towards other people by surrendering. motorcycle, a plane, sirens, the realities of a city. And sometimes living in a city comes with many challenges. And so the two meditation practices, the two practices that set us up for deeper meditation, 
both the candle exercise and the counting exercise are two options of many things out there for folks to take themselves on in that self-enrolled school. Nobody's there to force you into the classroom to ensure that you do your practice. However, as your awareness grows, it is painfully obvious, namely because the body creates pains to get your attention, that practices such as these offer you doors into new stages and transformations of life. So if you hear something knocking or crashing into you, just know that there's another option. We can't change other people. We can change ourselves. So all the energy of this conscious conversation that is being shared throughout the world through the vibration of water and through the resonance of our hearts. I ask you to leave it out there. To this day, I feel as though I met my first teacher through meditating in a manner that I used my feet to connect to the soles of the feet of somebody in China. And I did this for years. And today that man remains my teacher 10 years in. So with this decision to send this consciousness out there for all of the people that we're meant to meet that are to help us on our journey or us help them, may that come to fruition always with grace. And just remember that your place is inside. And once you harness all your power, the world awaits to experience that presence. Feel that crown energy coming into your body, pushing out through your feet. yourself back into you, ground into the earth. Let's take three deep breaths. So may your glass be full, and may you drink that glass every day, always remaining open to receive more by allowing your connection to consciousness through your practices. 
May peace be with you and love live in your heart. May we influence others by being our true selves, influencing them to do the same. May kindness rule, and may love be shown in the ways that is required when evil arises, so that we can help them rise to a higher state of consciousness and graduate from these needless things that do not serve society. Thank you very much for being willing to be here today to promote a higher state of consciousness. Thank you for listening. God bless everybody. Oh. Bueno, tudo bem? Tudo bem. Nosso filho fala todo dia, tudo bem, tudo bem. bom, né? How's everybody feeling? Was it, were you able to connect to something yes. out there? Did you feel it flow? Yes. Thank you all very much. May your powers be used for good. Thank you for listening, and we hope you will be with us for our next show. Feel free to reach out to us at the healing team at matthewandsira.com for any feedback, questions, or suggested topics you would like us to cover. Blessings to you and peace. <laughs>